Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, I've avoided politics the last four or five weeks because we get so much of it every day. I may have mentioned something here or there, but... You don't need me to discuss politics with you because it permeates the newspapers, all kinds of media, the TV set, the radio. However, tonight I am interested uh, in a few political items I want to discuss with you. I'm sure you're familiar with all of them, but I want to bring them to everyone's attention once again. But the first thing to talk about is the primary in Kentucky, the Democratic primary. It's a horse race with 93% of the vote in, 93% of the vote in, Sanders is winning by 84 votes. 84 votes separate these two. So it's a horse race. Either one's going to win. Uh, It'll give momentum to Sanders if he wins. Uh, It'll help Hillary because she's been losing too many. If she wins, uh, it just... It doesn't make any difference in the final analysis. Sanders can't make it in the end. Hillary will. Got to give credit to this guy, Bernie Sanders. He's made a hell of a run here. Came from absolutely nowhere. Uh, so that's the story there. So I can't tell you who's going to win or lose. Now, I want to get into some other things. I want to talk first. I'm going to talk about Clinton and Trump for about 15 minutes here. First thing I want to talk about are the speeches that Hillary Clinton has been making uh, since she left the office of Secretary of State. Did you know how many she's made? Since she left the office of Secretary of State, speeches before uh, Goldman Sachs and and other Wall Street institutions, speeches amongst the bank or before the banking people. She's made 12 speeches. That's what they're talking about when they say, hey, we want to see the transcripts. And there are 12 transcripts. She says, no way. Uh, Well, let me tell you, uh, I don't know why she won't show them. We all have a good idea. There must be something in those speeches that doesn't help her. But be that as it may, the point I wanted to make to you is 12 speeches for which she was paid just under $3 million. That's a lot of money. That's about $225,000. For a one-hour speech, 12 of those speeches comes in at just under $3 million. Let's talk about Hillary's fundraising. This past week, and this is an example when they say now we are an oligarchy. This is government by the rich today. Money controls. Money is controlling. And not just in the United States, all over the world. And this has to stop. We can't let this happen. You can't have the big guys with the limousines and the yachts and the planes controlling our lives. We must control our own lives. Anyhow, this past week, there were two $100,000 a plate fundraisers for Hillary Clinton. $100,000 a plate fundraisers. 
Uh, one was in New York and one was in Washington, D.C. The Washington one was uh, held and thrown by Lynn Forster D. Rothschild. Now, the Rothschild name may or may not be familiar to you. The family's been in the banking business for over 150 years, worldwide. They are richer than the top 100 people that Forbes puts out every year. In other words, they have more money than number one on that list. For some reason, I think maybe because they got too much money, they're never thrown into the list. These are big money people. The one in New York was held at the Manhattan home of Maureen White and Steve Ratner. Hillary only could attend one. She attended the New York one. So now let's get into the transcripts for a moment and taxes. Uh, Hillary should release those transcripts. Uh, it's obvious. She got paid well. She was before the bankers. What are you going to say? You're a bunch of bad guys. you got to stop what you're doing. I'm, I'm sure she patronized them. She said nice things about them. And I'm sure she said, I'm going to help you guys. For that kind of money, you've got to help somebody for $3 million. I'm, she didn't sell herself out, but I'm sure she is subject to their influence. That's the way the world is. So we should be able to see those transcripts because we've got to know what promises, if any, were made or what inferences. And it's transparency. It's the only way it's going to happen. Now, Hillary says, well, this isn't fair. Uh, when they show me theirs, I'm going to show you mine. Uh, sounds like a sex thing. The problem is no one else got paid this kind of money or made this many speeches before the bankers. Rest assured, Bernie Sanders didn't get any, didn't make any of these speeches or make any of this money. Uh, I don't know if Trump would have gotten paid. Uh, be that as it may, she's got to cough up with these transcripts before this race is over. $3 million, again, is a lot of money, and it has to influence any human being to some degree. Now we go to Donald Trump. Don't think I was going to leave him out. His tax returns. He said he would uh, submit his tax returns. He would provide them after his audit was completed. Now he says, no way, anytime. Uh, you can't do this. No presidential candidate since the 1970s has refused to submit uh, his or her tax returns. It's the way the game is played. Now, the IRS tells us that the audit is all, only goes back eight years, I think to 2007 or 2008. And there's no problem under the IRS rules, even though an audit is being conducted, that precludes Trump from providing even the returns for those eight years. He should at least give the ones prior to 2007 now and follow up later on or give them all at once now and get this thing off his back because it isn't going to go away. I don't have to tell you that the impression is he is hiding something. What? I don't know. Maybe he has offshore accounts. Uh, maybe he pays little or no taxes some years. Uh, you know, don't forget, General Electric hasn't paid taxes in I don't know how many years. The big and the mighty, the rich and powerful, don't necessarily pay taxes. They have powerful tax lawyers, expensive, knowledgeable tax lawyers. They pay big money, too, so they don't have to pay taxes. Maybe he didn't make enough charitable contributions. Maybe he didn't make any. Maybe he's a tightwad, doesn't want to help those who have less. 
maybe it will show that he did business with some questionable people. It's hard to build buildings in New York City, my friends, and not have to do business with the wrong kind of people, with criminal people. That's just the way it is. So he's got to cough them up. I, I believe he will. I don't think he can go through this without coughing them up. Uh, so hurry up. Let's get this thing done. And I'll tell you what's even more interesting. A list was provided today of the, uh, the candidates that Trump is vetting, is considering as vice presidential uh, candidates to run with him. And guess what? Each of those possible vice presidential candidates, each of those candidates who were being vetted had to produce as part of the vetting package their tax returns. What's good for the goose is good for the gander, and he's got to stop this. He can't have it all his way. Uh, maybe that's one of his problems. Anyhow, moving on. And that's all i got to talk about politics. Took all the 10 minutes. That wasn't bad, and I hope I didn't bore you. These are things you heard before, but some things have to be emphasized out of a, I don't know, a sense of fairness. I'm going to talk about George Washington and taxes now. George Washington, the father of our land. George Washington, on this day in 1769, 1769, uh, six years before the revolution, six years before the revolution, George Washington was speaking before a colonial legislative body. And at the time, as you recall, Britain had been and was continuing to tax the colonists big money. And the colonists did not have any say in what the taxes should be, how much, where, et cetera. They, they just, the king's people over in Great Britain, they said the colonists must pay this amount of money in taxes. There was no representation, no one to speak on behalf of the colonists. And in this speech, George Washington, in his speech before this colonial legislative body said, taxes without representation are improper. Taxes without representation are improper. Now, we've all heard the term taxes without representation are tyranny. That didn't come till seven years, six years later, rather, in another place and with another individual. Uh, so he started that taxes without representation are improper. I want to say this. Washington thought that taxes without representation was wrong. I think taxes with representation can be wrong also. We have taxation with representation today. We elect people to Congress. They pass the tax laws. Our president, whoever it may be, signs them. Well, our taxation with representation, I see no difference between what we have today and what occurred in 1769, which Washington said in 1769. It's one and the same thing. We're getting scammed. We're getting screwed. Okay? That's the way it is. Uh, whether with representation or without, uh, we don't come out. The people do not come out ahead. This bothers me what I'm going to share with you next very much. Since 9-11, we've become a society where the government is up our asses, let me put it that way, in, in our faces. Uh, our privacy gets diminished and diminished, our right to privacy. Uh, we have less and less privacy. The government's entitled to everything we do. They can 
get our emails. They can bug our telephones. It's not the way it was where we were protected. And it's all done because we've got to protect against terrorism. Well, let me tell you what the FBI is doing now. And if this doesn't bother you, something's wrong with you. The FBI is enrolling church leaders, social workers, and community leaders to spy on you and me. You heard me, church leaders, social workers, and community uh, leaders to spy on people around them. That's you and me. It's a new program. They say the purpose, the FBI says, of this new program is to prevent terrorism. Really, what the program is for, and this is not because Lewis says it, this is what people who are in the business of looking at these new programs that are affecting our rights say, they're looking out, they want the church leader, the social workers, and community leaders to look out for potential rabble-rousers, troublemakers, can you imagine? It could be me. I'm speaking out against something. And my priest hears me. And because he belongs to this group called, there's a, a network being set up of shared responsibility committees, shared responsibility committees, he's going to have an obligation as a member of that committee to report me. Because I'm saying, screw the government, I don't like what they did. All right? That's always been my right. That's your right. Okay, but ain't going to be able to do it. We're going to be watched even more. And what bothers me and think, my friends, isn't this shades of Nazi Germany in the 1930s? Isn't this the way the Gestapo handled things? They had spies, people. They had children and families spying on their parents. How the hell can you live? under these circumstances, and it's going too far, and it's going too far under the guise of terrorism. Uh, but really, they're afraid our government. Why do you think they gave the police all these, all this surplus military equipment uh, and everything else? They're afraid. They're not. The government is afraid. It cannot control the people someday, and the people will rise up. We have demonstrations. We have protests. They may get, they're going to get a little harder and a little wilder than they have been. And, well, we can't let this happen. We've got to take control. This is not the United States of America when these things happen. Well, do you remember Ebola? Three years ago, there was some disease that was going to be worse than the bubonic plague. It was going to be a scourge that was going to cover the whole world, and people were going to die. There was going to be no control over the disease. We didn't have a cure for it. We did not have a vaccine for it. What were we going to do? We went crazy. This is only three years ago. And uh, the government allocated a lot of money. Obama said, we need money. We've, we've got to investigate this right away. We've got to do research. And the Congress gave them the money, and we protected ourselves because we didn't want this worst epidemic ever to befall us. And what happened? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. There were a few cases, but nothing happened. Uh, now, we're faced with another uh, disease, uh, Zika, Z-I-K-A. We know all about it here in the Florida Keys because we have mosquitoes. We have a lot of water. And Zika is caused by mosquitoes. Certain mosquitoes, uh, with the bite they they give you. Now, it is dangerous. And there are places in the world that it has occurred. We've had about 42 cases in the United States. Still not an epidemic. 
Uh, and now we're doing the same thing. It, what I'm asking you is Zika, another Ebola. Because the president asked for money. Congress has failed to give it to him this time, though they're they're waiting too long, I think. Even though I, I, I have questions about Zika, we should be prepared and we should start looking into it. On the other hand, okay, I don't know if it's going to happen. And is this going to happen every time there is a new disease? There are diseases all over this world, all right? And I don't know what the answer is when you start preparing. Now, Brazil has been hard hit, no question. Brazil has been hit like nobody else. There is a company called Ozitec, a British company, a new company. Uh, They've been around a couple of years, three or four years, I think, to be exact. And uh, they've come up with a cure. They're going to genetically modify male mosquitoes so this doesn't happen. The male mosquito will uh, infect the female mosquito when they have sex. The male will then die. The female mosquito, her children will die as they're born, the baby mosquitoes. We won't have to worry about this, this Zika thing. The problem is they did this in Brazil. Two years ago, they sprayed something like 3 million mosquitoes. They, they, not sprayed, they ejected 3 million male mosquitoes who had been genetically modified to do what I just told you, which is supposed to stop this uh, Zika thing. Well, I don't think it worked because this was primarily done in the northeastern part of Brazil. And since October, I'm sorry, November of last year, November of last year, 4,000 babies had been born with, it's called microcephaly, microcephaly, small heads. Babies are born with small heads, and this leads to, of course, brain damage during their life. They need a lot of care, etc. Two years later, 4,000 babies are born in, in about six months with this, because it affects, by the way, pregnant women, women primarily, pregnant women. Uh, and you don't need the bite. If you had the bite and you didn't get sick, a man can give it to a woman when they have sex. So what I'm saying is it's there. We don't know what's going on. And to me, I'm in between. You know, do we move our asses like we did on Ebola? We can't do this all the time. It doesn't make sense. Uh, it's like hurricanes. I live where there are hurricanes here in Key West. We have hurricanes all the time. I can remember uh, there weren't many hurricanes till I bought my house here. And about two years later, we had hurricanes all over the place. Anyhow, they tell us evacuate. First, the hotel people go up. Then you go out. And you leave, and you got to fly someplace if you can get a plane. you got to drive up into Florida somewhere if you can't. Uh, you can't wait till the last minute. you got to go. I can remember Miami's, what, 120 miles from Key West? It took me 17 and a half hours to make it from Key West to Miami, 120 miles. The road was jam-packed. And if a car broke down, it went into the ocean. And every time we evacuated, the hur- it was no big deal. Either the hurricane passed, it didn't hit us, or it was, it was nothing. It was heavy rain for two or three days and heavy winds, but nothing, nothing of a hurricane stature. And what I'm saying is they still do it. Nobody listens anymore. The people who live in Key West basically don't get the hell out now when the warnings come. We may be sorry someday because they always turned out 
not to be correct, and you get sick and tired of throwing the kids in the car, packing things up, boarding your house, doing everything, and getting out of town because you've got to come back. It just screws everything up your life uh, because not all hurricanes hit. That's all I'm trying to say. We haven't had a hurricane here. Thank God I'm not getting on wood. I think we're going into our 11th year. But we've had hurricane warnings during that time. And Cuba's gotten demolished. And the Virgin Islands and the Bahamas. But we're small here. It, it missed us. It's gambling. It doesn't make sense what I'm saying. You can't prepare for everything. It just doesn't work. You've got to be realistic and you've got to approach things on a reasonable basis. Uh, this sicko may be big. I don't know, because I'm going to tell you what's happening. Think of the Olympics. Where are the Olympics? They start in four to six weeks. In Brazil, which has the biggest number of Zika cases in the world. No other country compares to what's happened to Brazil with the mosquito bites. And now we got the Olympics coming in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, right now, Brazil has a total of 7,000 cases of microcephalia. Uh, these are children, again, who were born with small heads, and the, the brains are damaged at birth, and they get worse as they go on in life. A leading authority on Zika, a Professor Amir Atterin, Atterin, A-T-T-A-R-N, from Ontario University, uh, an expert in this field, said, cancel the Olympics. He fears a world epidemic will follow if the Olympics are held because you're going to have all those athletes coming in to Rio de Janeiro to participate. They expect 500,000 visitors from all over the world, and they're all going to go home afterwards, the 500,000 visitors and the athletes all over the world they come from. And the Zika could be spread worldwide. Uh, they're not going to cancel the Olympics. Money gets involved in these things and everything else. Uh, again, do you do this? I don't know. It, it, this is a different story from Key West or from the Florida Keys and this problem. Uh, because they've got an experience factor. We have not had one case of Zika in the Keys, thank God. Uh, and, and we have mosquitoes like you wouldn't believe down here. Uh, but Rio de Janeiro and Brazil, they've had their problems already. So it's obvious some people are going to have the problem down there afterwards. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just sharing this information with you. Something interesting about President Obama. Do you know, this makes me laugh a little bit because I never thought about it until I read this. I just read this today also. He has, Obama has been president, a president at war, longer than any other president in our history. He has been in office about going on seven and a half years, close to eight years. We were at war when he was first elected uh, almost eight years ago. He came into office and he pledged to end the wars that his predecessor, Bush II, uh, had started. And uh, we're still at war. I'm not saying this is wrong. I'm not saying this is bad. I'm just saying he has been president longer than any other American president uh, that has, has had so many years, the most years at war. Longer than Bush II. Longer than Bush one, 
longer than FDR with World War II, longer than Lyndon Johnson with Vietnam, longer than Richard Nixon, and longer than Abraham Lincoln with the Civil War. There is a war of sorts going on in England right now. Uh, There's an election coming up, a vote. The issue is, should Great Britain withdraw from the Euro Union? The Euro Union. Prime Minister Cameron says, we've got to stay in here because it works to our benefit. President Obama was over there three weeks ago and said to the British people, he agrees with the Prime Minister, the Euro Union is good for them and for us. Well, a letter came out this week signed by 300 of the top CEOs of British companies, top 300 CEOs. And they said, no, we should get the hell out of the Euro Union. Uh, They feel competitiveness in trading and things like that is being undermined by membership in the Euro Union. Uh, And the reason is, couple of reasons here. The, the Euro Union is a failure. It do, has not generated business except for Germany. All right. So it's not generating wealth for anyone. Uh, it's only helping to create a big government. They want the United States of Europe. The Euro Union is supposed to be the United States of Europe, and they're trying to create it. I don't think they can accomplish it. We did it from nothing. They've got something before they start. Great Britain right now has the fifth largest economy in Europe. The the best customer is the United States. And they expect, the Brits expect, in five years, they will overtake and pass Germany and have the largest economy in Europe in five years. They're also losing money, the Brits tell us, uh, that are opposed to staying in the Euro Union. Because the other, most of the other Euro nations are stagnant. They got the the immigration problems. They just you got Greece, Portugal, Italy, Spain that for years now have not been able to pay their bills. They're economically unsound. Well, these companies aren't trading as well as was anticipated with Britain. In other words, they can't do as much business with Britain or anybody else because they haven't got the money to create the items to be traded in their own home countries. So Britain says, we're losing money. We're losing money. This is no deal for us. We want out. I read something the other day that that I found interesting. The um, It came this way. It says, there is a pernicious myth, a pernicious, that's a big word, a pernicious myth that Always, there is perpetual economic growth. Perpetual economic growth is one thing, and it goes on for centuries. You just get bigger and bigger. Your economy gets better and better and better, and it doesn't go backwards. Well, I don't buy it. We've had recessions. We've had depressions. The one of 2008 in this country. We've had several recessions since World War II. We had the crash of 1929. My God. And if you go back in our history, you'll find recessions all the time. And if you go back through European history, you will find the same thing. So I don't know how that statement can be true. All I'm saying is there is no perpetual 
economic growth. The economy just doesn't grow, grow, grow. It has lapses. It falls down. It hits a bump in the road. It breaks its leg. My concern, and I think that's what this means, my concern is that someday we're not going to bounce back. We may be in a recession for 25 years, maybe 50 years. Don't laugh. It's happened in Europe in the past, in the far past. It can happen again. Okay. That's the show for this week. Let me add in here for a minute. I, I thank you again, as I always do, for joining me. Uh, the show's archived, as you know, on Block Talk Radio immediately, YouTube, and tomorrow morning it will be linked to my Key West Lou website. You can hear it there. Uh, I do a blog every morning. I, I, I know what my numbers are for this show. My numbers are excellent. Uh, I know what the numbers are for my blog. They're greater than the show. Those of you who don't read my blog on a daily basis, it's not long. It'll take you all of 30 to 60 seconds. Read it. I, it's different from the this, this show. I talk about things that happened to me the day before. My life in Key West. Uh, it's, and it's very, if I had a good time the day before, I tell you. If I was sick, I tell you. If I went out and had a, uh, I took this beautiful woman out on a date, I tell you. If I went swimming, I tell you. If I play bocce. I also throw in some things that are happening in the world. I, I can't get away from politics. I have one or two political points I, I like to make. Uh, the blog is available, keywestlou.com. That's easy to find, keywestlou.com. Start reading it. You will enjoy it. I'm telling you that if you read it three days in a row, you will continue reading it. That's just the way it seems to work. And I would like to share the, the information in there with you as well as the information uh, I share here. I thank you again for joining me. I look forward to being with you next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.